0: So have you ever uh, remember the first time that you even came to church or even went to school? The first time that you were at the first job, first time? Now that we have two kids, I have a -a two-and-a-half-year-old, Annabella, and I just think about these things in where there's going to be this time where she's going to try to be on a tricycle. And and sometimes it's a good thought, but then it's a scary thought. Because as she is learning, there's going to come a time where the two wheels, the training wheels, are going to have to come off. You see, in our passage uh, today, uh, Jesus has been with the disciples about 18 months already. And now he's come the time where he has to take off the wheels on them. And he invites them, he commands them to go into this short-term mission, kind of like on-the-job training. So may you turn with me to Scripture, Luke 9, 1 through 6. Luke 9, 1 through 6. This is the Word of God. And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, no money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there. And from there, depart. And wherever they do not receive you when you leave the town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. This is the word of God. So in the previous chapter in Luke A, we have seen Jesus... Uh, showing his power, his authority over creation, over demons, over sickness, over death itself. In our story specifically, Jesus commissions the disciples to go in this short-term mission to proclaim the gospel. He has sent them to two specific tasks. Number one, to preach the kingdom of God, and number two, to heal the sick. Jesus reminding them that they do not need anything, that he will provide everything on the way. At the same time, they have to personally engage with those that they were ministering to. They have to personally engage with the community that they were going into. The disciples obeyed Jesus' command, preached the gospel, and healed everywhere. So as we look at the exposition of this text, verse by verse... We'll start with verse number one when he says, and he called. So the first point is that Jesus is the one who calls. And if he calls, it means that he has chosen us. Can you think of this? The creator of the universe, the king of kings, the Lord of lords have chosen us. Can you sit with that just a minute? God Himself has chosen you. I don't know about you, but that's a great privilege. I just get encouraged, just studying this text. That God called me means that he has chosen me. It is a privilege because He chose not the ones that deserve. He chose the undeserved, even on our messy lives. Even when we fall short of his grace, he still chose us. And he chose us specifically to accomplish his purposes through us, right here, where he has placed us. Yes, God has chosen us for a purpose. First and foremost is to glorify him through our lives to our marriage, to our friendships, to our relationships, and then to serve others. Yes, Jesus called us to serve. Have you ever wondered how is God calling you to serve right now, in this season, in this community? What talents and gifts have God given you, given us, to expand The kingdom of God right here in Gardner Valley in the Chasford area. See, oftentimes those things that we're passionate about is those things that he has called us to do. Many people might enjoy working with kids. Maybe teaching Sunday school. There is uh, this passion that identifies oftentimes what God has called us. Sometimes people are good at organizing events. Either way, God has a purpose and a calling for each one of us. And for some of us that are still trying to figure out what that calling is, one thing we know for sure is that he has called us to serve. He has called us to serve. And the way he does that is not only an individual call, it's a communal call. Come with me when he says, he called the 12 together. You see, that calling was not an individual thing. It was a collective calling. Indeed, God calls us to teamwork. And that is the invitation that we have for him today. How can we collaborate? Even through our vast experiences, different backgrounds, how can we join together? to expand his kingdom of God right here in this community, in this area. See, alone we are limited, but it's stronger, we're definitely better together. You see, each one of us has unique talents and gifts that God wants to use so that we might serve him, that we might serve others. See, some of us are afraid to serve oftentimes because... We don't think that we are competent enough. And throughout the Bible, we see all characters. I mean, I'm talking about big names. Abraham, a struggle with lying. Yes. David, a struggle with lust. Moses, say, I cannot even speak. I, I stutter. <laughs> see, there is something within us, even when God calls us, that says... I am not good enough. I I don't have what it takes. Well, that's exactly the way God wants you. He wants you in your weakness because in your weakness, he will show his glory. How beautiful it is to know that even Gideon, with all his fears, God used him mightily. How good it is to know that even when we are overwhelmed. God is there to help us. Perhaps some of us are feeling insecure. We don't even know where to start. Some of us might even feel unqualified to do things. To speak to others. To present the gospel. God reminds us that. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the one he calls. He does not call the qualified. He qualifies the one he calls. The beautiful thing is that he calls, he chooses, but he doesn't leave us there. He also equips. He equips us. Right there on verse 1 you say, and he called, he called them together in community And now he equips, he gave them power, dunamis in the Greek, and authority, eusosia. Now, eusosia is the right to do something, and dunami is the ability to do it. So when you put those things together, he calls, though, he chose you, and he will give you what you need. He will even send people that will partner together. It is no coincidence that you are all gathered together here. God already has chosen you for his purposes in this community. Doesn't matter how young, doesn't matter how old, it doesn't matter how many times, how many, how many years you have been in the faith. God says, I will equip you to work together in this community. Jesus gave the apostles instructions about how they were about to go into their mission. He gave them instructions about their luggage, their lodging, and their reception. Look at verse 3 Take nothing for your journey no staff, no bag, no bread, no money. Do not take any clothes. Take nothing for your journey. Can you imagine? <laughs> so the, the disciples have been with Jesus now for a year and a half. This is the first time where they, where they are uh, now in training mode. Now they're going without him. And, and he's saying, oh, I'm not going to be with you. But uh, hey, by the way, don't take anything. <laughs> How will you feel? Can you picture yourself in that situation? <laughs> God sent you to Ghana or whatever part of the city. You know just, just show up, go there. <laughs> Things are going to appear. That's kind of the call that happened to Abraham, right? Go to this place. I don't know, I even know where it is, but we'll figure it out, right? They are going in, this, in their mission we, without Jesus, and Jesus is telling them, go empty-handed. Don't bring anything. The point is that Jesus calls us, he chooses us together, he equipped us, but he also provides. He's saying, travel light, you don't need extra provision. Jesus is saying, I will provide. You see, God already has made provision for their state. Even before they were going in the trip, God already have people that they were going to go into that they were going to stay. Go with me with verse 4. And whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. That means that God already have provisions before they even started the trip. (laughs) Are you following what I'm saying? The sovereignty of God, where he calls you, where he prepares you. And he already orchestrated people that are going to work together with you. Hallelujah. Whatever, you, whatever house you enter, stay there. My question to you is, how can we be more aware of God's provision in our life? How can we be aware of how he's showing up in our life every day? Individually, collectively? Can you meditate on how God is providing for you right now? Providing a community that you can worship, providing a community that you can grow together, providing financial means. God provides everything. God provides for our needs. And Jesus, what he wants is that we will depend on him. You remember Moses when they were taken out of Egypt and the people started uh, going crazy. We want to go back and all this stuff, right? And God provided the manna every day. But there was a stipulation. He said, you can only take one. (laughs) What happens if you take two? It will go bad, right? Why did he do that? The same example. So that we can depend on him. So that we can depend on him. Not in this part of my life. In my whole life. With my finances. With those relationships that are complicated. With my everyday decision. Where I go to school. Where I work. What should I do? How is God inviting you. Today, to trust him more fully. How is God inviting you to trust him that he is your provider? You see, Jesus is not only our provider, but he's also our commander. And he commands us to preach his gospel. Second point, Jesus commands us to preach the gospel. Verse 6. I want to recharge Hodge. He says it this way. The gospel is God's message of mercy to humanity. It contains an exhibition of the plan and the only plan of salvation. He sets forth the person, the work, the offices of Christ and urges all to whom he comes to accept Christ as their God and Savior. I'm going to stop right there, and I'll continue the quote. I don't know exactly who you are, if you know Christ, if you're still wrestling with certain things, but God has an open invitation for you today. He wants to change your world upside down. He wants you to depend on Him. He wants you to rely on Him for every decision in your life. And if you're sitting there, there is no coincidence again. He has called you for these purposes and for this time. The quote continues. And urges to whom he come to accept Christ as their God and Savior. And to devote themselves to his worship and service. And he assures that those that do so, they should never perish. But shall have eternal life. In one sense, it is everybody's duty, provided he or she has received the knowledge of the gospel to preach it, to make it known to others. You see, the gospel, it's about God's kingdom coming to us. It's about God coming and restoring our lives. It's about God sending his own son to die for us, to restore us. To restore the relationship with God. God sending his beloved son to die for our sin. What we need to do simply is to recognize that we are sinners. Accept his offer of forgiveness. Turn away from our sins. And trust in the work of Jesus alone. Actually it is a calling to surrender our lives. It is a calling to let him take control of your life. The same time, it is a calling to be Jesus' representative here on earth. And as his representative, Jesus is calling us to preach the gospel. He's calling us to evangelism. And evangelism might be intimidating for some of us. The reality is that it is hard to talk to different people. it is hard to talk to strangers. There's just no way around that. It is more hard to get out of our places of comforts, to engage in a conversation. Many times we ourselves put things on our heads and say, "Oh, I don't know the Bible enough. Oh, I know it too much." <laughs> what if they ask me this? <laughs> what if I don't know how to respond? Evangelism, sharing the word is hard, but he has promised that he has called you, He will equip you, and he will give you the word that you need. Oftentimes we don't even need to talk about a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, theological terms. We can just speak what God has done in our lives. Oftentimes, evangelism is only even engaging with somebody, bringing cookies to people near you, helping somebody who's elderly in your community do their loan, or during the winter, do some snow plowing. See, evangelism is actually engaging with people, I'm gonna go back to verse four when he says, and whatever house you enter, stay there." So even the fact that uh, that Jesus is saying "stay there" it means when you go to people, not just, just don't don't say hi. <laughs> you have to go an extra step. Engage with them. Engagement invites us. To join Jesus in what he already has predetermined is an invitation. Evangelism is actually an invitation to join Jesus in what he already has done. What he already plans to do. And God is calling us to do engagement. God is calling us to do engagement, whatever he has called us. In this community where you live. See, this is the essence of hospitality. You see, the acts of cares for our neighbors actually implies, leave the impression that God cares for them. See, when you do something for a neighbor, when you are presenting Jesus to your neighbor, you are showing them that God cares for them. You see, engaging in our community is actually disengaging with ourselves. And this is a message for all of us. We can all grow into talking to Jesus, talking about Jesus to someone. Like I said, it's not an a, a easy thing, but what we do know is that he goes before us. Now, this kingdom that we saw in verse 2, when he says, send them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. This kingdom has two phases of the kingdom. When Jesus came, the kingdom was started. That is the already. Which means that the healing already starts. The restoration starts, but it's incomplete. When he comes back, he's promising that the kingdom will be consummated. Which means it's already, but not yet. So everything, it's incomplete. Even our struggle with sin. But he has promised that when he comes back, there will be sin no more. His kingdom is going to be fully established. And in the meantime, we get to participate in his kingdom now. My point number three is that Jesus heals us so that we can heal others. So as the kingdom comes, as the kingdom has been inaugurated, the kingdom bring about healing to our own life. So that... We can bring healing to others. So Jesus Jesus has chosen us from so many people. He has called us into his kingdom to bring about healing and restoration into our lives. So that we might bring healing and restoration to others. There cannot be a kingdom without his love. And his word and deed go hand in hand. In other words, when we preach the message of the kingdom of God, when we preach the gospel of God, we preach this message, but we also engage with people. You have to provide for both. We preach Jesus crucified, that he is the solution to all our needs, but we also meet the needs practically. See, either way you look at it, if you only preach the gospel and don't meet the needs, the gospel is incomplete. Now, if you don't preach the gospel, I was talking to to a friend here, and he was saying that there was a church that he was a part of, that they did a lot of things to help the community. But sometimes they preached Jesus, sometimes they didn't. (laughs) You see... When we only offer humanitarian things and we don't show the gospel, then we are humanitarians. And what God is calling us is to do both. To preach his gospel and to also meet people where they are at. We are not miracle workers. We are only a vessel that he uses for his glory. See, healing happens when we go into people's life. And we tell them, we encourage them that there is a solution to their marriage problems. That Jesus can bring healing into their relationships. That Jesus can bring healing into their depression. See, healing happens when we understand each other. Healing happens when we accept each other even though we're different from each other. Healing happens when we encourage one another. Healing happens when we love one another, when we forgive one another. Concluding, God is calling us to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. Let us proclaim the message of the cross and the entry tomb. Announcing that through the death and resurrection of Christ, we are made alive. We have access to God. We don't have to suffer anymore. He is with us. We are sinners that need His forgiveness every day. That He offers a plan and a purpose. And He offers eternal life. At the same time, God calls us to be his representative here on earth. And he has promised that he will send us, that he will not leave us or forsake us. He has promised that he will make provisions in advance before we get to the places that he has called us to be at. He has already sent his Holy Spirit that lives within us to help us to share his good news of peace, of restoration. God calls us to this ministry of healing and invites every one of us to share his gospel with our neighbors. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your message today, God. We thank you that even though we do not deserve it, you have chosen us about so many people. We thank you, God, because you have mercy on us where we have been lost you came to the rescue, God. And even, and even though many times we deviate from your ways, God, you pursue us. You called us to yourself. What a God, awesome God you are, God. You are a God that condescends, that goes into the messiness of our lives and provides hope. And from that hope, you also command us to give that hope to others. To preach your gospel. To proclaim that your kingdom is here now. To proclaim that there is healing in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the opportunity to partner with you. In this endeavor, we ask for your forgiveness, God, in the many times where we have been self focused, where we have been lazy, where we have been more complacent in our comfort zones. We pray that you will wake us up, God, that we may share just gospel in the places that you have placed us in this community where we live. And that we might be reminded that you are the one who is doing the work. That you not only call us, not only have chosen us, that you also will equip us and that you will also provide we thank you for all of this, and we prayed in your precious name, Lord Jesus, and for your glory. Amen.